Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Yes, hello, good morning. Welcome to the Bungie and Brettster Show here on 1629 SEN SA. We are live from SEN's SA studio, Lumo, to brighten up what is an overcast and grey Sunday morning in Adelaide. We've got a massive show to get through, so let's get in the big guns. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Uh, good to see you here, Bungie. Big smile on your face. Did something happen last night? Not really, Gase. Uh, well, let's not talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about playing cards. <laughs> no, let's not talk about that. You know, they always say that, a, you know, every now and then that a, uh, a blind chook will actually, you know, <laughs> find a little bit of wheat, and that's basically what happened last night. Well, we might have to get to the bottom of that, and why not uh, if we check out the other side of the studio here? For Ma. Big shots in the house as well. Can you maybe inform us about what happened at cards? <laughs> I certainly can. There was a winner and there was a loser, Case. And I tell you, the guy on the other side was not the winner. Okay. <laughs> Oh well, I tell you what though, <laughs> I did start. I was. I started. I didn't start off too well. I was. I was eighth in the in this competition that we little eighth. Uh, yeah, it was eight out of, of eight. eight of eight of us playing, and right. I was dead set last until about the third hand, and then. But you know what? I clawed my way up back to the dice. Came third. And uh, I felt pretty good about that. I won the last nice. game. And you know what they say, Case? You're only as good as your last game. And I won the last game. That's all that matters. Sounds like me at golf. Yeah. I always seem to play well <laughs> in the last hole. And I come back the next week and it's pretty poor for the next 17. <laughs> That's not good at all. Speaking of coming back from the dead, how about the Wallabies last night? Mm. Came from... 15-6 down, score the last 10 points and get the better of Scotland. That's a big win, Bungie. It is a massive win. And uh, after the last couple of defeats, it's nice to be able to be on the winner's list. We uh, probably got a little bit of luck there at the end when uh, the Scotland's fly-half Blair Kinghorn missed a late penalty goal to actually give us the seal the victory. But we'll take it. And uh, it's a good win and great to see that the Wallabies are up and about, particularly um, over there as well. It's a, it's a big tour of Europe. So where does this leave us now with the Wallabies? What have we got coming up? Well, they've got five tests, so they're off to France next, and then Italy, Ireland and Wales, and they're going to play all these games uh, in November. So it's hectic, but mm. uh, that's why you need to get off to a good start. That sort of builds the morale and the momentum a bit. It's also good to see that um, former captain, who, uh, Michael Hooper's back as well. So it's his first game back, and he's been off with some uh, mental uh, health stuff, and he's taken. He, he chose to actually take the time away from, from to get himself right and didn't think that he was able to contribute uh, the best he could but he made his comeback yesterday and it's great for him to be able and I'm sure that's a morale booster for the Wallabies. That's great. a lot of games in such a physical sport yep. where they're getting absolutely bone crushed every game to be able to bounce back. I don't know uh, when you look at all rugby um, 
codes. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Like, you see how hard they crash each other to be able to back up week after week. And then you get other sports, less physical, that are complaining about backing up. I'm like, well, hang on. What's interesting with these blokes. With that, because I obviously know a few rugby boys, but talking to a lot of the players when they they have to back up from State of Origin in the league, and they're massive games. And you, if you look at the impact of those and, like, if you, like in the way that they play, I mean, they're played at such a high level, um, like finals-type, grand final-type of a level, they always say that it's it's better for them to come to back up, like, two or three days later than it is to... So that DOMS, so that delayed-onset muscle soreness doesn't mm. actually kick in, take right. that time. So if they're, they're two or three days and able to actually play and get through that, it actually is more beneficial for them. Because I think, you know, when you come back and you're training and sometimes you just get that delay in terms of the soreness that kicks in and then four or five days later, you're actually a bit sorer. That's yeah. when you've got to do, you know, obviously do the work in terms of your rehab and, and prehab, get yourself uh, right to get up. But they, they, they say that... If they can get going really early, that um, and and basically that's what these guys are doing, playing back-to-back games, and I'm sure they, well, I still at some point in time they're going to be sore. And everyone loves playing more than training, don't they? If you're not playing, then the coaches make you train. So I'd much rather it's be out there playing. And that's yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, a big show to get through today. Uh, the T20 World Cup continues. Sen's coverage, of course, is the best. You hear it all here. The netball test series versus England. Game two tonight. We'll talk about game one and what a fantastic finish that was. The 36ers. Well, we won't talk about them as much, but we'll talk about them. They were disappointing. Adelaide United, the Adelaide Giants as well. We're going to have a special guest in. Nick Ward joining us very shortly. He's uh, here from the US and uh, with a very interesting story to tell as well. But, of course, it is Melbourne Cup leading up to the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday, the race that stops the nation. And there's been a little bit of criticism from overseas racing experts, in inverted commas, which caught my eye. Kirsten Rousing, the breeder of Caulfield Cup winner Durston, says it's an average race. And Matt Chapman, this he's a, a racing analyst from the UK, he's talking it down as too. Well, he's a clown and he can take <laughs> off. He wouldn't, he's clickbaiting, saying, ah, oh, there's that, the other. It doesn't even stop the nation. Yeah, How would he know he's not even in yeah, Australia? He got no idea. Jealousy, isn't it? It, it is. It, seems it does like, stop the nation. Well, we all have a bit they, of fun with it. Why do they send? Why is she sending horses over then? She if, wants our prize money. Yeah, and she doesn't need the prize money, so she's clearly sending it over there because of the prestige. She can say that she's won Australia's biggest race. Yep. Has she got one in there? No. Well, she had Durston and it got injured. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's bitter grapes, isn't sour it? Sour grapes. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Giddy Up with Gareth Hall has all the tips on SEN via the app. He does a great job of it. Of course, SEN all over the Spring Racing Carnival and more. But we thought we might throw out, out our tips for the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. I know you've been looking all over the form there, Bredster. I have. And uh, I think Gold Trip has got a lot of good things going for it. It's got a, a good uh, barrier, 14. And uh, I've gone through a lot of so-called experts, tipsters, and it seems to be popping up a lot as kind of in their top three chances. So, What's so good about I'm, this horse, uh, though, Presser? Oh, look, I, I think it's a brown horse. It runs well. It is brown, isn't it? It's not a grey. Yeah, it was grey, then I'd definitely tip it. Um, uh, but Dover Legend, like, you look at the odds. Uh, at $3.80, $4.00. Um, and then it drops down to without a fight, gold trip, those sort of horses at 11, 12. So that, 
to go against Doville Legend, and if you could get on, say, a betting app and get 100 to 1 on it, like yes. one of our counterparts <laughs> has, then you'd be pretty happy, I would have thought, Only that, if it at wins. those sort of odds. But it's unbackable <laughs> here, they're saying, Case. Well, it is the favourite, and uh, those generous odds uh, were available at 100 to 1, so I'm happy that uh, we've been able to snap them up. But actually, if you're looking for a little bit of value... I like that uh, there's a couple in there that I think you can certainly look at with a bit of value. And one of them is another import, the Irish horse, without a fight. That's going to be uh, my uh, selection to throw into the selections that everyone else has and maybe take a trifecta or a pick four and try and win big. Bungie, what about you? I oh, see so you've just gone the favourite and the second favourite case. Pre- pretty much. If you want to go for an outsider, oh, go for the second favourite. Oh, I tell you what, I reckon oh. I've got a few of those, mates. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research, but back this one. Um, anyway, I was looking at it a little bit different because I, I'm not a gambler. I don't bet on uh, stuff. And But every now and then, like the Melbourne Cup, you always have a little flood. I'd chuck you yeah. know, maybe a dollar a or two bucks Gamble on responsibly, this. Gamble responsibly, as always. we say. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a bit like, I like the numbers. So I'll go, well, I'm going to back 23. So the uh, I'll, I'll go for uh, interpretation. Mm. So the Irish horse. 34 and one, pretty much. So I'll just back something a bit of a roughie. But I was looking at some of the, you know, you got to look, sometimes you got to look a little bit cryptic into these things. And I was looking a bit further. And uh, after the barrier draw came out, I was having a look at the most successful barriers. So barrier five has had eight wins. Number five, good number. Yep, okay. So there you go, Brett. So there's, you should be jumping on this. Look at who's coming out of barrier five. So you look at barrier five, realm of flowers. Mm. Number 24. There's one for you. All right. 14 to 1, pretty much. Barrier, 50 kilograms. Yeah, barrier, lightweight. Barrier 11. Oh, it's going to be wet too, so I hope it's got flippers. <laughs> um, barrier 11 has had seven wins. Barrier 10 and Barrier 14 have both had six wins apiece in the Melbourne Cup. So based on that, I think Realm of Flowers at 20 is uh, coming out of Barrier 5. Barrier 11, Montefilia, number mm. 4. Uh, barrier favorite. 10 is Juice, and Barrier 14 is Gold Trip. So there's your mate over there. I like it. Not bad. I, I think, like uh, it. Yeah. Got to so, look a little bit different because I'll tell you what, how many times have you backed the Melbourne Cup winner? Not often. Not often. Had a little bit of luck. It's, it's always a bit of luck. luck. Isn't it? you got to look supposedly, a little bit deeper. Isn't yeah. it supposedly the worst race to bet on if you're actually better? Yeah, a lot of the professional punters won't touch it. Yeah. Uh, but because the pool is so big, you only need yeah. a little bit of luck. And yeah. the mystery trifecta might be just as close as what we're about to say. But I like that Bungie. So Bungie's numbers are 1, 2, 4 and 24. Yep. And if you throw in number 8, Doval Legend, as the favourite, because you would think it's going to run in the top 3 or 4, and take a pick 4. And, of course, as for those that don't gamble regularly, what you can do is take five horses and say, I want to bet $10 and that's all. Yeah. And then you get a percentage of the actual... That might be me. Yeah, so you don't have to spend big money. <laughs> Normally, if you took it for $1, so whatever the payout is that you wanted to get the whole lot, uh, five horses in a pick four, five horses in a trifecta yeah. is 60 bucks. So I think it's 120 for a pick four. But you don't have to spend that much. You can say, so if you're taking a trifecta with five, yep. $60, you say, I only want to spend 10. So you spend 10, you get one-sixth of whatever the dividend is. Okay. So you can only you can keep your you know your margins down there and just have, have $5, have a dollar, but just have a little bit of fun with it. 
That sounds a bit more responsible. That is gambling mm. responsibly. And that's what we're all about here on the Bungie and Brett's the show on a Sunday morning. Look, we'll take a short break because we've got a special guest. Nick Ward has a great story to tell. He's out here to play for the Adelaide Giants. He's a big Phillies fan as well. The World Series is underway and we're going to talk about it next here on the Bungie and Brett's the show. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Appreciate you sharing your Sunday morning with us here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. Shoot us a text on 0427 154 or 166 or give us a call. 1300 736 736 is where you'll find us. It's time now for us to talk baseball. And the Adelaide Giants have signed a number of new players, including this man, Nick Ward, who has arrived here in Adelaide, and he is ready to dominate the Australian Baseball League. Nick Ward, good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hey, Nick, you must be on top of the world. The uh, Phillies have won game one. I know you're a big Phillies fan, and they came from nowhere to do it. Before we talk about the Giants, let's talk about the Phillies. Yeah, it's, been, uh, it's been a whirlwind of... Uh of the last couple of weeks for, for us Phillies fans. Uh, we're kind of just riding the, riding the wave right now. And obviously job's not finished, but we're, we're pretty excited for how we've been doing. Um, tough win as well, considering the Astros have been undefeated uh, so far in the postseason. So um, what's going to be the key to continuing this run? Um, I, I think the key is going to be to not get ahead of ourselves. You know, the Astros are an incredible baseball team and, um, Yes, the Phillies have been super, super hot, but they, they've got some sort of magic going on. And if they can just stay in the moment and, uh, and enjoy where they are, I think uh, that, yes, they're going to take their lumps, especially with the Astros being who they are. But if they can stay in the moment and not get ahead of themselves and just enjoy where they're at, I think they're going to be all right. It's been an amazing ride, Nick. Uh, you know, look at the start of the season. They sacked the coach. They started poorly. Joe Girardi was given the boot. Uh, and now that they've swept through the playoffs, you know, coming from down in, in each of the games. And yesterday it was they were down 0-5 before winning 6-5 in the 10th. It was a pretty exciting finish as well. Let's see if we can relive just the last moments of the game. 3-2 from Garcia. Real Muto shoots one in the air the other way. Back goes Tucker at the wall. It's gone. Real Muto starts the 10th with a go-ahead shot. Ah, uh, that's what you're going to be doing for the Adelaide Giants this year, Nick Ward. You're going to be smashing one out of the park in the uh, tenth inning to win the game for us. <laughs> well, I would. Uh, th that would be that would be a pretty good story, wouldn't it? Because well, you've got I, a great story, haven't you? Yeah. You've got a great story. We just wanted to ask you because you've just come off representing Great Britain. Um, now your mum's from Great Britain. You're able to play for GB and you're through to the World Baseball Classic. And I'm right in saying that you contacted baseball in Great Britain, said, I'm interested in playing, and they said, come and join us. Yeah, that's right. I It was kind of a, it was a funny story. I was talking to one of my friends and they represented Team Brazil um, in the in the COVID-shortened qualifier. And he, he said, if you ever get a chance to do something like that, you should do it. So I uh, I reached out to uh, the Great Britain uh, baseball, and um, just asked if I was even able to qualify, and and uh, they said as long as you were two generations removed uh, from from actual British lineage and uh, citizenship, then you then you qualify for British citizenship, and you're you're able to play. So uh, it, it was it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy how it all how it all came together and transpired. 
And how does that international game uh, compare to, say, the minors or the majors? Um, I know I have a basketball background and I know you always seem to elevate your game when you play at the international level. How did you find going over and, and playing for a country as opposed to playing for a team within an organisation? Yeah, I mean, you obviously take a sense of pride in whenever you take the field or whatever you're doing when you're when you're representing a team or an organization. But when you are representing the country that your family is from, there's an elevated sense of pride that each player, each team has taken to each game. So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's like it, everything is a little bit intensified and the fans care just a little bit more. Each player cares a little bit more. There's a little bit more on the line than, than a normal baseball game in the, in the minors or majors. Now, talking about fans that care, obviously coming to Adelaide, we uh, we get right behind our sporting teams here. And I was interested to read that the Giants have put out this little statement saying, if you uh, are creating a, an import player checklist and you're building a roster for your team, it might want to look something like this. Bringing in a player that can um, help with the uh, the team win a championship. The player is a great guy, can fit seamlessly in with the team and their fans, and the player has MLB potential. What can Adelaide Giants fans expect of Nick Ward? Well, I think the biggest thing that um, I try and do every day is just be the best one-ninth of the equation every day that I can be. So, obviously, there's nine baseball players on the field at one time, and I'm just trying to do my job as the best, the best that I can and play hard every single time that I'm that I'm on that field. Obviously, I can't guarantee that I'm going to hit four home runs every day, and I'd rather not guarantee that I'm going to strike out four times every day. <laughs> but at least I can at least I can guarantee that I'm going to I'm going to put my best foot forward and and give give my best effort each and every time that that I do step between those lines. So um, we can't guarantee that we're going to win or lose every game, but we're going to we're going to try our best, and I'm going to try and uh, be the best the best part of that as I can. Um, Adelaide team's got a, or developed a really good relationship with the Phillies and uh, bringing players out like yourself um, to come and play for the Giants. Um, can you tell us a little bit about kind of that relationship and, and I guess your journey over coming from the minors, coming out here and what you're hoping to get out of here to get you, I guess, to that next level? Sure. So, um, I was originally drafted by the Oakland Athletics um, after after my last year of college baseball in the United States. And then once COVID um, became, uh, was on the rise in 2020, I was released along with a, a number of other minor league players. And I was playing independent baseball in the in the uh, United States for the past couple of years. And I had, a, I had a pretty good season this year. And and uh, and Nathan Davidson and uh, and Tank reached out to our our uh, coaching staff over over there and in, in just outside of Pittsburgh and asked if I wanted to come down. It was it was a no brainer. And um, you know, having that this the Giants having a deal with the Phillies is and myself trying to make my way back into affiliated baseball with another major league team. You know, that's that's a that's a pretty enticing opportunity. You know, whether it's with the Phillies or not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. A chance to grow as as a professional and advance your career is 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 always enticing. And even if that doesn't happen, it's, it's obviously another it's another opportunity to have a baseball uniform on and, and play play the game that I love so much in a really really beautiful 
a beautiful part of the world too. So how can I not, how can I not jump on it? I think you're selling yourself a little bit short there, Bresser, because if you have a look at uh, Nick's uh, season that he's come up, 19 home runs, 61 RBIs, and for, for people like yourself, Brett, that don't know, that's uh, that are runs that are batted in. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 18 stolen bases, he had 16 doubles. So you've had some sort of a season before you've, you've come out here. But the, the thing that I want to ask, Nick, is how have you been preparing for an Adelaide summer? Is uh, you you coming from out of uh, I guess Washington and uh, you know, spent some time obviously in Pennsylvania a little bit cooler than Adelaide so we're, well, we're actually putting on the the cool weather at the moment but <laughs> those, with him. those forty degree days are going to come up how you've been preparing for that? Well, um, so the, the Washington was actually Washington Pennsylvania, so it's just outside of Pittsburgh Pennsylvania. So um, I, I'm used to. I'm used to like a hot, muggy summer instead of a hot, dry summer. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, I did bring a little bit of the chilly weather with me. <laughs> I apologize for the, for that. Um, and it looks like I brought a little bit of the Pennsylvania rain with rain, me as well. Yes. I, I hope that I hope that I hope that gets out of here soon. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I uh, I haven't really done too much preparing. You know, I I normally don't wear toeless shoes and and bathing suits throughout throughout the course of the night. <laughs> um, Toeless so that's, shoes. That's They're thongs, thongs, thongs. <laughs> fix the tip. We've got to fix or, your terminology. Yeah. Flip-flops. Yeah. Flip-flops, if you like, yeah. But now we've got you living down yeah. there at Henley Beach as well. We're looking after oh. you, so uh, you'll be straight down to the beach when the sun's out, no doubt. That's right, right on Seaview Road. So I'm, I'm right on the beach, and it takes me about 15 seconds to sink my toes into some sand. So that's that's a pretty... That's a pretty good deal, if you ask me. And you're playing for the Wild Things, the Washington Wild Things. Um, did they play the uh, Wild Thing uh, theme oh, song from Major League <laughs> as, you, as, as you come out to bat? They uh, they did not. Oh. <laughs> well, we can arrange that here if yeah. you like. Well, speaking of that, though, I did see that you, you um, and, and for people that don't probably understand baseball, that you describe yourself as a gap-to-gap hitter. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, so um, I'm not necessarily just up there trying to hit home runs, right? Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm only five foot ten, 180 pounds, so I'm not um, going to be looking to hit the ball over the fence each time. But I'm, I'm also not up there just trying to hit a little single over the shortstop's head or the second baseman's head and just barely get it through the infield. So I'm something in the middle of there where. I can take my singles every now and then, but I can also hit the ball in between the outfielders to the fence or even over the fence if I if I do get into one. Um, so a gap to gap hitter, um, they, they like to think they can they they have the ability to to do everything. Uh, we know you're going to do a little bit of everything for the Adelaide Giants this year, Nick. Uh, great to have you on board. Just before we let you go, have they greased up the light poles in the CBD there in Philly as yet? And for those people that don't know, the Philadelphia fans, when they win a sporting event, they like climbing the light poles and the and and they greased them up so the people can't get up there. So we're 1-0 up in the series. Game two later today, and we'll update those scores as they become available. But have they greased up those light poles as yet? Uh, well, I think they probably stayed greased since they made it, since the Phillies made it to the World Series. But, Already? Uh, oh, yeah. So there was actually a video of, 
my sister works in Center City, Philadelphia, actually, and she sent a video of these these people were going absolutely crazy, and there was people uh, people that actually found their way up on top of these light poles, even though they were greased up. So, so <laughs> they're Philly determined. Find a, <laughs> they're determined. They'll, they'll find a way to to go crazy, no matter what. Well, we can do that in Adelaide after the Giants win the flag. Yeah, let's bring it to Adelaide. Nick, you're in charge. <laughs> well, I uh, I might not be allowed to go back to Philadelphia if we do something like that. <laughs> there you go. Look, great to have you on board here with the Adelaide Giants. Appreciate your time this morning. We'll look forward to seeing you in action soon here in the ABL. Thanks very much, Nick. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Nick Ward from the Adelaide Giants, and they've got a big night on Wednesday. Kicks off at 7.15, a pre-season game at West Beach. In fact, I think there is an all-star game for the women before that at 6 o'clock as well. It's free entry, so get down to West Beach and support the Giants. Uh, they're going to have a great season. Their first home game, 24th of November against Melbourne, so looking forward to that. Um, he seems like he's a uh, pretty nice bloke. He's obviously a bit taller than you, Andrew, at 5'10", and um, <laughs> similar... <laughs> Similar sort of player, probably. A gap, Aggressive. A gap to gap. I would Sam. imagine you'd be a gap to gap hitter. Oh, you know what I loved about what he said? Is that he can do whatever he wants with the ball. He can he can make magic with the bat and the ball, and he'll just put the ball where he, he can hit it over the fence if he wants to. He can hit it between the gaps when he needs to. He just controls. So thanks. That's oh, I take that as a compliment. There you go. There you go. Don't get many of those here at the Budgie and Brewster Show. We and do I'm it six all. Foot. We, we do it all thanks to the Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. We'll be back with more after the news. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Hope you're enjoying a nice, relaxing Sunday morning here on SENSA, the Bungie and Brettster Show. We do it thanks to Laurenex Cleaning, the new Laurenex Cleaning Security, Workplace Safety. Google them today. We've got a lot to get through today as well. Time for us now, though, to speak basketball with Mr. Basketball, Brett Maher, who's going to explain exactly what happened to the Adelaide 36ers on Friday night. They lost by 29 points. In fact, was it 70 to 99? Yeah, it was uh, not ideal to watch. What was impressive was New Zealand's effort. They were excellent from the start of the game to the finish. Their level of intensity was off the charts. They were getting in the lanes. They caused a heap of turnovers. Uh, Adelaide, just we were talking about it before the show, just looked jittery. They caused them to second-guess themselves, they were fumbling, and they were countering that and running down and getting easy buckets. Plus, the big topic before the game, can New Zealand hit a three-pointer? They're shooting at 26% as a team, guys shooting at 15 and 16%. Then all of a sudden, bang, 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 they couldn't miss. Couldn't miss. Was that you, Casey? Did you put the mockers on? <laughs> did you bring out that stat? Did you roll that stat out before the game? No, I think Brett did. Oh, actually. No, I, think, uh, I think everyone did. Everyone knew. Everyone yeah, we, was talking we couldn't about believe it. that they'd shot it so well. Good, and, good credit to them. Well, but when you come out with that, uh, mindset and intensity, good things happen. Like they, the game was refereed the way they want it to be refereed. They're allowed to play physical, which definitely suited them. Then they start hitting the shots in. Adelaide want to get out and run. You can't run if you're taking the ball out of the net every single time, and that's what was happening. Um, was what, there, is, is there a little bit of overhandling of the ball as well? A lot. Is, is, mishandling. Is is what's there's a. 
there's, we've talked about this. There's this disconnect. I don't know what's going on, but I need to ask you. You guys are the, the basketball experts, but when, you, when your number one import is coming off at halftime and he's arguing with the coach, right, he's on the court, he's not throwing the ball, they're not moving the ball around, he's actually over-dribbling a little bit as well. Probably, it's not, a, it's not sending a great message to your fans. Well, it just doesn't look good. Uh, he's an emotional player. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and, and that's what he's doing. I saw him at the end of the game. He was very encouraging uh, towards the rest of the players. I think um, sometimes it can just look bad, but I think his intent is good f- towards the team. A lot of people um, asking questions because it, it's not a good look on, on the TV, and it's not. It's, it's people on Twitter having a bit of a go at the Sixers, and I guess that lack of... Yeah, like you got Kai Soto coming off the bench, hit 16 points. He had a good game. He was so very efficient. Should he be starting? I don't think he can start. He needs the right matchups down the court. But he played very well and probably, in retrospect, could have played more. The troubling thing for me is when we've had teams put a lot of pressure on them, the instinct of the team at the moment is to go very individual. And that's not Looks what you like want it. when it's not working because then you start missing your shots, turning it over. What I'd like to see is them trying to model their offensive game a little bit more on teams like Tasmania, teams like Cairns, that have got sensational ball movement, good player movement, and then the superstars that they've got on their list are going to shine more than just trying to do it off their own bat. One thing that stands out for me when I watch a lot of the other basketball sides is that the, the, the point spread... Mm. Right, you see a lot of spread on the points in Adelaide. With Adelaide, there only seems to be three or four blokes that are scoring. What's happened to Daniel Johnson? Well, he's not getting touches, and if he's not getting touches, you might as well not have him out there. Because, I mean, most people know that he's he's not the best offensive player on the team. Uh, he can rebound. He's normally a double double in in past yeah. years, but he just hasn't been touching the ball enough and getting it in the right spots, which um, is very key for him. Uh, it's sticking in certain players' hands and yeah, just not getting touches. And then when they do get touched, they feel like it's their turn to shoot, then they take a bad shot, and it just continues down the line. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they have done between Friday and today when they take on the Phoenix. And Phoenix have just come off a very good win yeah. over in Perth, beating Perth by, I think it was four. Um, so that's a big win for them. They've, of course, had to travel in the meantime Back to Melbourne. So physically, we might be in slightly better well, shape. Technically, if you're looking at the season, we're every chance of winning. Or well, road teams, road teams, road, road teams, teams continue this has to win. Not yep. happened before. Like at this rate, no, it's ever. It's unbelievable how a road team can win this prolifically through the across the whole season so far. I just don't know why it's flipped so much. But we saw some great games yesterday as yeah. well which I love watching. We had um, uh, Sydney play Cairns, and that was an absolute cracker. Uh, That came down to the very last shot. Um, Noy hit a a great three, but before that, Bruce hit a big three. Then Cairns came down, knocked a three. Then it was 0.9 of a second on the clock, baseline out of bounds, small breakdown in the defense of uh, Cairns. Great pass by Bruce to Noy. Noy knocks a three on the buzzer. On his birthday. On his birthday. Against what his a, old team. What a great finish. <laughs> what a great finish. And then <laughs> Illawarra, who uh, <coughs> got their hands full. Great bar, uh, not <laughs> playing great bars at the moment. Come up against Melbourne United, and that was a double overtime. T-A-T. Sensation. Um, and Melbourne only just escaped in that one.
Hey, I've got a question for you, though, both of you guys. The basketball experts here, you know, and I just sit on the <laughs> peripheral. But we're a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. So my question to you is, which teams are you liking at the moment? Who's Who do you like and who is in a bit of trouble? Well, it's clearly Illawarra are in trouble yeah. and Melbourne are struggling. They're going to have to get some new players involved. So they're the two that are struggling for me. I think Brisbane as well. Uh, although they've just had two wins, it's against the same team and I just I just don't like the, the look of them. They've got problems, the although they have got Aaron Baines, Nathan Sobey, so that's good to do, and Jason Kadee to build around. But in terms of the teams I am liking, Cairns... And New Zealand with the bottom two teams last yeah. year. They're second and third now. Of course, yeah. my Tassie Jack jumpers. Go the Jack jumpers. And, of course, the Adelaide 36ers. I'm liking them as well, but it sets up for what should be a great season. As you say, Bungie, it's only a quarter of the way through, so a lot of water to go under the bridge so, uh, still. Yeah, I think trying to pick a top four at the moment is super difficult because you've got teams that no one expected, like Cairns and New Zealand, to make that massive jump. A lot of people expected Tasmania to drop off the pace this year. They're showing that they're as good as any team in the league. They've still got players to come back in. Then Adelaide have got so much talent and just need to get the chemistry and that. Sydney are still very, very good. And Perth are still good. So to try and get like a top four at the moment. So you're sitting I, I on think. the fence. You're good at sitting on the fence. No, well, I, I, I'm loving watching love? the game style of Cairns and the Jack Jumpers, as I said before. The, the way that they unselfishly move the ball and work it, um, I love the way that they're playing. Looking forward to hearing more about that uh, as the season unfolds. Well, we need to take a break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. Plenty more coming your way. All thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles. The parade at Norwood. Successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we appreciate your company as well here on the Bungie and Bredster Show. We are live on 1629 SEN SA. Thanks to our good friends at Nippies who this morning have provided us with the Lemon Lime, which is the favourite of uh, one Andrew McLeod, and the Paradise Punch, which wasn't a favourite of Brett Mars initially, but I can see an empty bottle in front of him there, Bungie. <laughs> he has devoured the Nippies. I'll tell you what. He's not bad on the fang at all. He is pretty good. Oh, look, uh, I woke up thirsty, okay? <laughs> the whole bottle. <laughs> like it'd be coming out of your ears any moment now. <laughs> Let's talk a bit of motorsport because it's a big day for the supercars of the Gold Coast today. How about Shane Van Gisbergen? He wins Bathurst. He wins there yesterday on the Gold Coast. 20 of the 31 races he's won. He is, you see, the best motorsport car driver in the world. He's pretty good. He is, has to be up there. In terms of right now, right here, right now, he's got to be pretty close to being the best in the world. There's probably a couple of blokes in F1 that wouldn't be too happy with that. But he is 165th podium finish Incredible. for him. He's, he's phenomenal. He's breaking all these records and he's got his sights set on the greats of motorsport in Australia. But um, one thing I do like is that with... Um, I just love, he's so aggressive in the way he draws. And yesterday was, um, David Reynolds was, took pole in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the race and he was aggressive from the start. Tried to overtake him a number of times and finally got him pretty early in the end. And uh, yeah, David Reynolds had some, some trouble with his steering, but it was just a, 
He's and he's just just a, such a likable bloke as well. Um, saw him at Bathurst and what he was able to do there with Garth Tander and the emotion that he sees, but um, still massive for Holden in the last season. And in, in the, yeah. it's it's such a big thing. And there's one race to go, and there's, there's, he's just he's just slaughtering him. Well, it's been a kind of fate. What's the word? Fate de accompli? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> run with that. We're run with that. <laughs> that he's going to win it is just when, and for him to win it up there has been good. He uh, broke Scott McLaughlin's supercar season wins record of 18. That was last week, wasn't it? That yeah. he did that. But uh, to go on, he's the 11th driver to win back-to-back supercar championships. So... Um, he's creating all these records. And they're, they're talking about how hot it is up there as well. Like, I, he came off the track and yeah, a bit of air conditioning wouldn't go astray, he reckons, with the, with the heat up there. Well, so, open, the, open the window. Exactly. Let's hope, it's hot. <laughs> Let's hope it's hot for the next round because that's going to be the Velo Adelaide 500, December 1 to 4. And I think here in Adelaide we could do a little bit of heat at the moment. The late, great Murray Walker said Adelaide is the best touring car race in the world. So get around it, December 1 to 4 the Velo Adelaide 500. Big news in the F1s as well. Great to see another Australian hitting the track. Oh, so it's, it's good. And son of, of yeah. uh, Som, I call him. Som. Oh, son of Mick. Oh, he's a good wow. mate. He's uh, outside. So he is an outside chance. Um, young uh, Jack Doohan. Um, he's uh, sort of like Piastri's replacement for Alpine. Mm. And uh, outside chance that um, he might take over from Fernando Alonso. Um, next year, but uh, well, more than likely he'll just he'll be that um, that that reserve driver in in 2023. But um, it's pretty. I was reading his story about how he was following in dad's footsteps as a young bloke, riding motorbikes, and broke his leg a couple of times. And so he um, and this is when he's like six or seven, mind you. Like he's he's broken his leg a couple of times, and he just happened to be because. Dad was mates with uh, one Michael Schumacher uh-huh. that was gifted a uh, little go-kart by Michael Schumacher and they just happened to have a go-kart track at their house uh. and he started practising uh, go-karts in, in uh, Monaco and uh, that's how he sort of got into the, the F1. So he's how also tall about... He's got to be at least six foot, doesn't he? Like, it's yeah. pretty tall for a Formula oh, One driver. Nineteen years of age. Imagine riding. I don't, around I don't the know track. how tall he is. Have you seen the cockpits? Have you tried to yeah. fit into a cockpit? I'd go pretty good, I reckon. <laughs> I bet you would. Uh, they are so. I was wondering where this was leading. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tight. Like there's such a small air. You, like someone my size just couldn't be a Formula One driver, and that's probably why I'm not because I'm not a bad driver, but. Because of your height um, or because is, of your size? What are you talking so about? A bit yeah, wider. Like you. Okay. There's a few things going against me. Talent. <laughs> <laughs> here they go. Real mom, here we go. No, uh, it is hard to do it, and uh, but not much room at all. I, I doubt he could be at six foot uh, much over that to fit into a car. Anyway, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Ricciardo obviously is uh, he's, he's he uh, secured his best qualifying result in in five races, but um, yeah. So in the in the uh, for the top ten drivers at the Mexican Grand Prix, so he'll be looking to finish the season off strong too. We keep talking yeah. about him, but obviously it's sad. And I saw Jack doing talking about it that he's quite uh, you know upset about it as well because obviously Daniel was uh, Ricciardo has been a, a massive influence on him and one some. Someone he looks up to, and to not see him driving in in twenty twenty three, and we're still still waiting to see what Just happens. Just have to sit in. out with a lazy fifteen mil, the poor bugger. Yeah, he might be okay. 
he might not be able to fit back in the seat after that. I reckon. Oh, so so. <laughs> I wouldn't, that's for sure. <laughs> Go, Dan. Look, just to wrap up the motorsport break here as well, the MotoGP final event today, Valencia GP. Aussie Jack Miller, who's coming to the bend here next month in the final race for Ducati. So we wish him luck hey, as just, well. Just on uh, Jack Miller there, interesting that uh, he's obviously moving out of Ducati. And it looks like there's a little bit of bad blood. There. Obviously an Italian um, uh, racing outfit. And, uh, yeah, he, he's... I read something interesting during the week where he said that he's feeling like a bit of an outsider there. They've got a couple of Italian riders and um, he, he obviously knew the riding was on the wall, but he's he's moving over at, at, after the bend. He's going to KTM. Yeah. So he's sort of moving over there and uh, signed a two-year deal, which is one of the things that really... Um, you know, drew him into going to KTM because he was just getting these one-year deals at Ducati. So yeah. he's happy to go over there and hopefully that um, he can take them. They haven't got a great bike. Ducati's obviously the best in the world, but hopefully with his expertise, he can go over there and really help them. Oh, we'll look forward to that and get around him at the bend as well next month when Jack Miller gets here. We need to take a break here on the Bungie and Brett's The Show. We do it all thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Time for us now to talk some T20 cricket. And we've had some interesting results in the World Cup, including this. The rain has halted play. England are five runs behind what would have been a pass score in the DLS... And therefore, Ireland have beaten England at the MCG to win the Group 1 match, to win their first match in the Super 12s and to force England's first loss and have a listen to their fans. Pathetic England. Now, that was the call from the from the uh, tabloids in the UK that they lost to Ireland. We've seen some strange results in the T20 World Cup, and this rain is just creating havoc everywhere. Not happy about it. Oh, it's the big talking point, isn't it? It's not the cricket, unfortunately. It's the rain, 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 rained out. I would have loved to have seen England, Australia, but rained out, and, yeah, it's just disappointing. What I did love, the game for me that's happened so far as India Pakistan that was unbelievable caught the last probably four or five overs of that and for them to come back and win that um, was unbelievable the the events that happened how many runs they needed there was no balls there was, there was bits of everything in that last over especially exciting Glenn Phillips did you see him last night I didn't you no. go on so uh, got a hunch yeah 100 runs off, is like 104 off 64 balls. They, coming in after they were in a bit of trouble, um, they lost two early wickets, and he just came in. Uh, him and, is it Trent Bolt? Bolt? Yes. Bolt? They, they came in and just, he went absolutely bananas and smacked them out. Here's something for you. I just want to ask you a question. Are we going to be sitting here and talking about um, the rain affecting the results of cricket continuously. It's that, not good. It's not a good look. It's lots, they're spending lots of money. There's a lot of fans, people invested, and billions of people watching it. Could you imagine if India didn't make the final because of a rain delay? Could happen. It's every possibility. Now, they're playing at the MCG, like the other day. They're playing the MCG. 
You got marble sitting down the road. No, with a roof used. on it. <laughs> hey, One yeah. job. Contingency plan. Let's move it over. Put the drop-in pitch in. It's not hard. Anyway, I just think that it's, hard, it's sad because it's such a great competition. Like you said, you watch that game. It's one of the best games you've ever seen. Anyway. And it's uh, going to continue here today, Bungie. T20, Pakistan, the Netherlands at 4.30, South Africa and India after that. So we'll look forward to that. But you've uh, been with Travis Head. Uh, you've got a, a little <laughs> something to share well, with us. A little funny story, but uh, Adelaide striker skipper, one of Australia's most dominant batsmen um, in uh, Trav Head, was uh, apparently just playing his handyman traits the other day uh, on Friday and he went on his Instagram and he was, um, he just bought himself a, 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 or picked up a, a new um, whippersnipper and uh, <laughs> oh, no. and, and, uh, <laughs> and some boots and stuff. And he so he, he obviously was going to mow his lawns up in, I think he lives up in the hills somewhere. Up in the hills. So proudly displaying that. And then about an hour later, he puts up another story, and uh, he's, there's this uh, there's this big uh, brown uh, brown snake in the in the picture. In a, so and uh, Did you drop over basically <laughs> on his lawn. There's a little brown snake, and uh, basically saying that um, there's some cheap gardening tools for sale if you want. Oh, <laughs> if you want oh, yeah, that's not a lawn. And maybe some for. compost, <laughs> some extra in the compost if you need it. I've tried that as well, though, Bungie, I have to say. The wife says, get out the lawnmower. I get out the plastic snake, <laughs> throw it onto the front lawn and just say, just have a look out the window. Yeah, can't do it right now. <laughs> so for people out there, it, it is that time of year and they're on the move. There's a lot of snakes out there at the moment So uh, with this weather and they're coming out to play, so just be careful there. But if you're looking for some cheap gardening tools, you might want Hit up Trav Ed. Hit him up, <laughs> you'll get a bargain. So Australia currently sitting fourth. New Zealand at the top of Group 1, England, Ireland, Australia, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan. Sri Lanka are playing New Zealand, of course. If they beat New Zealand... Oh, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, big trouble. Um, yeah, we're going to be in some big trouble. And Group 2, India are leading that. South Africa, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Netherlands. But... Yeah, we just need games to be played. Let's get some results. And when they are played, it's all here on SEN. Mm. Get around it on the app or via the radio. You were the Bungie and Bretster Show. Time for us to grab some news headlines. We'll be back with more thanks to Mayhem Collectibles, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialist. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au Sporting team, legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brester Show. Thanks for being with us here on a Sunday morning. We are from the Lumo Energy Studio here, number one King William Street, and 1629 SENSA. And time now for us to talk netball because we've been on this last week and we're back at it again this week because this is the way the first test between Australia and England concluded. Weston, she finds proud. Wallum to win it for Australia. Could you have written that if you tried? Danelle Wallum. First game, 55-54, and Matt Russell calling the game there. Bungie, he said, would you have written that? No one would have believed if you had written it what Danelle Wallen had been through for her to be the winner, to get the winning goal, just outstanding. I don't think you could have written a, a script uh, that good. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it was great to see. And, obviously, with what's been transpiring in netball, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it was a good finish to the game. 
Um, congratulations to Danelle Wallen making her debut. Shot eight out of eight with that winning goal. And, um, yeah, I think what it showed was there's a lot of solidarity amongst their teammates as well. They were all so excited for a Bretster. And um, it was, uh, what, I don't know, what did you think? Well, she had the... <laughs> She has a basketball background, so I expected nothing else uh, from her to come in and. I thought and she was going to dunk well. it, but it was a nice little layup, wasn't <laughs> oh, it? The crap. finish, a, a, not a normal sort of netball shot, but um, yeah, very happy to see her make that. It was a fairy tale ending uh, for a pretty horrific week for the the girls out there. So that was really good, and there's improvement to make as well. You you listen to Paige Hadley, and she's. She was talking about how they had 23 turnovers. There's lots of room for improvement. Um, they'll be getting some other girls into the team as well. And for the coach, it's kind of, um, they're saying it's one of the last chances that she'll get to really work out who she's going to have in that World Cup team. Of course, they've got the, the whole Super League um, rounds to to go, the season to go. But um, when you're playing for Australia and you play well, it certainly helps you get your foot in the door and stay in the team if you're, if you're doing it on that stage. Well, you were talking about Matt Russell and his commentary uh, last night and mm. he's actually come out and apologised for those, those he comments. De- he deserves to apologise too. That was pretty, pretty average. Um, so he's come out and apologised. And... And I guess based on the or on the back of that as well, uh, Nepal Australia have come out and made a, a statement as well. Um, and I'll read the statement to you. It says, We are appalled by the online abuse directed at our players on social media. As a Nepal community, we strongly condemn racism and all other forms of personal bu- abuse. There's, these ongoing attacks are hurtful, divisive and won't be tolerated. They need to stop. Nepal Australia has and will continue to report all antisocial behaviour to the relevant authorities. Now, it's got to this po- like to this point on the back of obviously what's what's happened. But what's going on with our country? Like we we continually just uh, stink it up. You know, we are we are very much a racist country when it comes to 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 this stuff. And what what why does it have to come into it all the time? So disappointing. Well, it does. It always rears its head. And away from sport as well, we've seen the stuff that's happened over in, in WA, and we were talking about this last night, Bungie, but it's horrific. And it, and we always bring it up in the podcast and on the show and all that. There's such a poor job done in educating the public uh, in this area. Uh, it's just not done at any level. And we talk about it in in football and all that. All these different clubs that are developing these policies to say, oh, we've got a policy. Most people in the club haven't read the policy. Oh, we've got a wrap. We've got a reconciliation and action yeah, plan. we've got a plan, but collects it means dust, nothing. Collects but, dust on the shelves. Because no one follows it. Um, they don't understand it. And so what's the point in doing It's just, oh, we've ticked that box. Now we can move on. Yeah, well, we... My experience is that's exactly what happens, Presto, mm. with a lot of organisations, is they do it. And it's it looks shiny and it looks nice, but there's no actions that go with those words. And part of it is 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 this. And we got all these heroes that jump online and start throwing and hurling abuse. That they just... People should be ac- held accountable. It's ridiculous that we live in a day and age that we can... People can jump online and sort of... We talk about mental well-being and the health of our athletes and the health of our people in society. 
and we've got hate speech. We've got all this type of stuff that happens on um, on social media, and there, there are just no ramifications. It's it's crap. And the worst part about it is we don't seem to be getting any better. No, mm. it's making it worse. Okay, and we've seen it, and we saw what's happened over in WA. It's like this fifteen-year-old boy. It's, it's like being lynched. Mm. We're going back to the dark ages. Mm. What's wrong with our society? Over a broken car window. I mean, come on. And he didn't even do it. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's disgraceful. And it happens with things like in our sport, like this, over sponsorship, mm. you know, and, and what's happened. And, yeah, there's – oh, I could go on and on, but I'll probably get myself <laughs> in trouble. But – you know what? It just it, it angers me. Oh, yeah. I'm so disappointed, and I'm disappointed in in sports fans across the nation. They we have to go and we stoop to this low. Can't we just celebrate what it is? Mm. And yeah, we understand that. You know, netball could have done things better. I, I still clearly think that netball Australia could have be, could have done handled this a lot better than they did. Um, and everyone's no one wants to take responsibility. That's the problem mm. that I see here. Start taking ownership. All right, and. Uh, you know, you should be protecting your athletes and looking after them. Yeah, could have, the whole thing could have been handled a lot better, but at the end of it, they had a great win. And let's hope that uh, this next game, they always have good games against England. They're yeah, well, always I'll fairly close. This next one well, tonight. netball in general, it seems that every game's decided in the mm. last couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, really good it's finish. And we hope, we hope this next game's just as good so that they can really springboard. And if they do move into... Uh, Getting another big sponsor on board, that'd be fantastic. Well, I hope Danielle Wallum gets bat. another crack at it tonight. Mm, yeah. And I hope she goes out there and, and does, does exactly what she did there. Well, other they're night. saying that she'll get a lot more time. They're saying a couple of others. Sophie Dwyer will be into the mix as well. Um, the other Sophie, uh, what's her last name? I can't remember her last name at the moment. Garvin. Is, Garvin is, is going to get more time. So they're going to be able to flush more fresh players through, which would be good to see as well. Yeah, so Australia winning the first test 55 54. Game two. Or the second test tonight, 7.30 in Sydney. Game three, test number three on Thursday in Brisbane. Brisbane. So we're looking forward to that. And we'll be right across it here on the Bungie and Breadster Show. Time for us to take a short break here. We do this all thanks to the new Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. More after this. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Breadster Show. Still a little grey outside at the moment, but let's hope it clears up for your Sunday afternoon. Plenty happening in the sports world and on SENSA 1629 Sunday trackside coming up straight after the Bungie and Bretster show. Then we're off to see, uh, to listen to the A-League for the Adelaide and Perth game, the T20 doubleheader, Pakistan, the Netherlands at 4.30, followed by South Africa and India as well. But great to have Adelaide United finally getting back to their home ground and of course it's been reconfigured and renovated as well uh, Brett Maher and uh, it's cost a little bit of money but it looks fantastic. 53 mil um, I'm really looking really looking forward to seeing uh, what they've done with 53 mil. Uh, all word is that it, it's fantastic that it looks great and um, I guess the man to speak to about it is is on the line so uh, welcome to the show Carl Hi how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. We're just talking about the new stadium, the renovations. You guys finally getting to come back after three games on the road. Uh, what can fans look forward to seeing at, at the new venue? 
Yeah, I think the atmosphere is, um, with the roof on the other side, is going to um, make the atmosphere even better. And with the, the new LED lighting and the screens and the, the new replay screens as well, it's going to be a, um, a good environment for the supporters to watch. I heard uh, during the week, Carl, that um, Craig Goodwin came out and talked about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, having the... Um, uh, returning back to Highmar Stadium and having, you know, uh, the ability with the new the uh, the new grandstand, but just to be able to build that fort Hindmarsh again is something that um, you know you guys were able to do last year. But getting support behind first game back at home is important to get off to a great start. Most definitely, you know, um, I, I don't, no matter what sport you play around the world, um, the home in court or home ground advantage is. Um, it's critical, you know, if you want to have success and go on and play finals. Um, so you've got to make sure you get as many home games as you can and, and make sure you win them. Although we haven't been getting all the wins that we're, we've been wanting, uh, you must be happy with the effort levels uh, that the guys are showing. They're certainly giving 100% when they're out there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, we've played some good stuff. We just haven't rewarded ourselves with um, scoring the goals. Um but the boys uh, have the belief and they'll keep working hard and, and keep, um, you know, following the, our instructions and uh, eventually it will turn for us. Carl, you scored in Wellington. You scored twice in Sydney. So you're able to get goals. Getting the ball in the back of the net is important. But do you change the way you approach a game? We often hear managers or coaches talking about play for a draw on the road, play for a win at home. So will you be more aggressive here now you're back at Coopers? Can we hope to see more goals today? Um, yeah, we take the same um, mentality into every game that we want to win and we go out there to win. Um, but as I say, you know, when you're at home, you, the fans just give you that little bit of extra help. Um, so, you know, we'll, we have the same game plan today as we have um, in the previous three games and that's, you know, to go out and attack and, and score goals. And speaking of scoring goals, one thing that caught my eye was Harry van der Sarg scoring against his old team, Sydney, last week, and he didn't want to celebrate against his old, uh, his former side. Personally, I didn't like the look of that. I don't know if you have an opinion on it. If you're, if you're playing with a team and they want to celebrate you scoring a goal, I think it's okay to celebrate against a team that you've scored, that you've played with in the past. Yeah, most definitely. I think, as you say, it's so hard to score a goal and you want to make sure you, when you do score, you want to celebrate with your teammates because um, you work hard to get goals. Um, but, you know, Harry, you know, he's, he spent a long time at Sydney. He was a youth player there and went through the ranks and they gave him his first opportunity. So I can understand the respect that he was just showing to his old club. And playing against Perth, uh, they've had a fairly similar start. This will be their fourth game on the run as well, on the on the road. Uh, what's going to be uh, some of the big keys to, to beating them? Yeah, look, they um, they get a lot of numbers behind the ball when they defend, and they're quite aggressive and quick on the on the transition. So um, it's important when we have the ball that we you know don't try to force it too much and and keep possession of the ball and and keep trying to. Um, um, create some opportunities and, and spaces in their in their backline because at times you know they defend with five, six, seven, seven numbers in their backline. Hey, uh, Carl, I just wanted to change the tact a little bit, but uh, this week celebrating Indigenous Football Week, uh, your partnership with John Moriarty Foundation, um, and you know obviously you got some great history, but having uh, someone like Travis Dodd leading that is is uh, is great for the club. 
Yeah, most definitely. You know, we've, you know, John, you know, he even had spent time in South Australia when he was a footballer a long time ago. Um, and as you said, you know, Travis Dodd was a great um, leader of the Indigenous people. And, you know, we had, we've had we had Freddie Aegis that's come through the club as well. So the club has a, a good connection and it's important that we celebrate um, these times. How's the club looking injury-wise at the moment? Obviously, Nick Ansel's um, got to be close to coming back. Yeah, look, Nick's been back now um, full training with the group for the last two weeks. And, you know, um, we've got to remember he's on the return from a long-term injury. You know, he snapped his Achilles last year. So, um, you know, I've spoke to Nick and he needs a good four or five weeks of full training before I will, you know, throw him into the into the team. And, Carl, just before we let you go, the big news this week was the fact that Perth have uh, no longer, or well, they parted ways with Bruno Fornaroli, who's been such a great goal scorer in the A-League. Is he someone that would be on Adelaide United's radar? Do you have any interest in him coming to play here? Yeah, look, um, Bruno, uh, you know, his um, record speaks for itself. He scores, scores a lot of goals in the A-League. He's one of the best strikers in the league. Um, so there'd be, I reckon every club in the A-League would, would be very keen to sign him. But I would, I would bet it must be out price. Oh, we're just losing you there, Carl. But uh, look, we appreciate your time. Good luck today against Perth. Uh, guys. Carl Viet, coach of Adelaide United there, and you can listen to his game against uh, the Adelaide United game against Perth here on SENSA from 1.30. Uh, look, uh, Bruno Fornaroli to Adelaide, that sounds interesting. We broke up there a bit, but I think he said he's coming. <laughs> I think he said you can lock it in, basically. <laughs> Oh, look, and I'll go back to your point earlier, Brett. So they've actually played some decent footy, uh, but haven't been able to get the win last week. That two-all draw against tough conditions and probably similar conditions to what they're going to face today. Blustery, windy, might even be a little bit of rain coming. It looks like it's, it hasn't actually reached Adelaide yet, but it's coming. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to get, uh, get on the front foot at, at Fort Adelaide, as Craig Goodwin was talking about, and create that environment that... You know, you've been to a lot of games down there, and it's such a such great. a great place to watch. Yeah, you know, it's that that atmosphere that creates, and I reckon that new grandstand with the roof on top of it is actually going to, you know, get get that. Um, what what is it? You know, when you get at basketball, Brett, so when you hear that noise, and it's it, particularly when you're on the court. And I remember going watching uh, a lot of the games there, and obviously rugby games too. Back when Adelaide Rams were playing, creates such a great atmosphere at Highmarsh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. And we heard uh, Goodwin through the week saying that he wants it to be a fortress there, as all teams want their home ground to be. And we hope that we can turn Cooper Stadium into that. I think for everyone in Adelaide, worth getting down there and having a look at the new stadium, have a look at the team, um, because as the coach has said, they're giving 100% effort. The goals are going to come. The wins are going to come. So get behind our team. And I think for the six or 7,000 people who are going to fit into that new grandstand today, they'll be happy about the roof being there mm. in case the heavens open. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, And, of course, we've got the Women's World Cup games to be played there as well. Just before we leave our football segment or soccer segment, depending on where you want to talk about it, the Socceroos made a statement this week about... Catter's human rights and decriminalising same-sex and LGBTI community, etc. It was a powerful statement, um, but it has drawn some criticism about the team, whether they should, in fact, have made the statement, whether, in fact, they should just boycott the World Cup and not go there. Any thoughts? 
Not really. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm personally a bit over the LGBTQ. Add, add any other letters you want to add to it. Uh, that's my view. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I looked at it and thought, I don't know whether uh, it's great for these for the team and the, the individuals to have to make their stand if that's what they want, but it's a little bit rude to be criticising another country and then going there. Mm. Oh, I don't know whether that could have been handled a little bit better. You set yourself up for uh, criticism coming back the own way. Australia has its own issues, which we've already spoken about today. Bungie's been quite powerful about that. And, and I just wondered if it was um, if that's something that should have been... I don't know if the timing was great. And I know there has been some criticism uh, from certain sections of the media and other people suggesting that perhaps if they didn't want to go, if they want to make a statement, make the most powerful statement, and that is boycott the event. But then you think that uh, if you do boycott the event, do you rob Australian fans of seeing your team at the World Cup? And is that, should you be someone else suffering because there are people suffering and, you know, that's the sort of the area that it gets into. So um, interesting state of affairs. And I think you can still make your stand, but I don't think you have to boycott. As you said, there's a lot of people wanting, a lot of build-up involved. There's a lot of people, sponsors, there's a lot of people that are watching and want to watch. I think you can still make a stand while you're there and still participate. Um, you can make a stand on several different levels. And I, I don't think a boycott is necessarily the right answer. I think going over there and, and making a stand and making your view felt while you're over there could potentially be a lot more powerful than you just saying, oh, I'm not coming and keeping your toys in your own sandbox. I think go over there and you can cause trouble while you're over there if you, for all you want. Well, but other teams are, um, are preparing to wear a strip that has, uh, you know, reflections of their thoughts on it. So that's going to well, be Well, I think that's going to be seen by a lot more people as well than you just saying you're not coming. Like, the more you, you're out there, you're getting to show your viewpoint, I think that's a, a bigger stance than just not going. Have they, had, they consulted with um, FIFA over it at all? Is, there, is that...? No, not that, that I'm aware of. So they've just could have come out on their own bat and, and yeah. made that... So, yeah, Interesting that, yeah, it should be... Like, challenging the... I think challenging the actual um, organisation, like challenging FIFA, if that's how you feel about it, would be a good way to start, I think, and to take your, you know, your issues to them and to, you know, if you're looking for, um, you know, better support. Um, and they, I didn't read where they were talking about um, better treatment of migrant workers as well. That's yes. The people uh, of that. So, yeah, I think there's, I haven't really looked into it and much of it, but, there's a, there's obviously a way to go about it, and um, you know hopefully yeah, they can uh, have a bit of an impact. But um, it's it's a difficult space, Bretster. It sure is, and of course uh, the the World Cup from FIFA is going to start here on SEN November 21 is the first broadcast. So looking forward to that. We need to take a break for the news headlines here on the Bungie and Bretster show. More right after this. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for staying with us here on a Sunday morning. We do the Bungie and Bretster Show thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, supporting sample and community football in 2022. 
Google Laurenex today. And let's hope they're supporting community and sample football in 2023 as well. But it's time now for us to talk a little bit of AFLW. Big game today for Port Adelaide. Their final game of the season against the Bombers down at Alberton. Kicks off at 12.40. Get down there and have a look if you can. Great facilities down there and a good game. And wet weather football perhaps, Bungie, is that going to suit for Port Adelaide? Oh, I think it'll suit their contested game that they've been talking about. And, you know, I think they'll be they'll be setting themselves for a big uh, big win against Bombers. And as we talked about last week, one of the top four, like the big four clubs in Melbourne. Um, and, you know, they're a newcomer as well. So being able to, I think, you know, just going out and um, trying to uh, continue to establish your brand of footy, um, celebrate what you've been able to do. It's been a great season for um, Port Adelaide coming in in their inaugural um, year to be able to, you know, to showcase um, what they're they're trying to do for their fans. And I think today is 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 a big part of that and um, selling to their their supporters what to expect come 2023. Well, good to see they're being well <coughs> well supported as well. Like the fans snapped up the last tickets yesterday, so 3,000 capacity. And Coach Arnell's saying that they are better than their 1-1-7 one, one, record so far, which... Well, um, not really, because they haven't won. You can't be better than what your record actually suggests. Yeah, they play better than... Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree yes. with you. I agree with you, Bunch. I think they're a better team than that. Uh, the record suggests. Second to bottom... Um, and I think they've got a big upside. And I think they're, they're a massive chance today as well. I think to finish off the season, they'll have that extra little bounce in their step uh, down at Alberton. So that'll be, uh, that'll be really good to watch. Ange Foley's 50th game, great friend of the show. We've had her on here in the past talking about it. So we wish her she's well. She's had a good season, Ange. She has. She would be up there in their best and fairest. Like she's, um, as one of their leaders of the club, who's come off a, well, she came off that knee. So she spent 12 months out, obviously missed that grand final win last year with the, the Crows as their vice captain. But she stepped into that role at Port Adelaide and has led from the from the front. Um, we don't hear much about her. We obviously hear about Erin and um, Gemma Houghton, who's, who's been, um, you know, who's a star as well. But Anne Foley, she's just like meat and three veg. She just goes about her business and um, goes really hard in the contest. And she's been a super leader for those young girls down there. I thought they might have been missing a few players this week, considering uh, schoolies will be starting. They've got five players <laughs> on their roster that I read this morning that... A finishing school this week. Five players that had d- done in year 12. I reckon they got bigger fish to fry than going to schoolies. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of upside for them and big upside for that, the Adelaide Crows as well. So they're going through. They're going to be mm. playing finals. They've won eight of their ten games this season. That's an incredible effort just to maintain that elite level of consistency. Um, and they're going into the finals with the big chance of uh, winning the premiership again. Yeah, one thing is I like about Adelaide is they haven't been playing great footy, but they continually find a way to win. And if you look at yesterday's game, like they they didn't play well first half, and and I guess that's that's a bit of a compliment as well to the Crows girls is that every time a team comes against you, you are the hunted. Every team brings their best. St Kilda played their best game, the last game of the season, basically, against the Crows. And every team does that. They play their best footy against the Crows because, obviously, you know, the history and and winning the three flags. And you want to... You actually... I don't know what it is in terms of sport, but it tends to always happen where teams lift to... um, When they're playing against the, you know, the 
the supposed best club, um, which, you know, Adelaide are, are part of that at the moment. They're not the, probably the best team in the competition right now, but they have been over a long period of time. So um, it's too but, much being put on too little. We've talked about this with Hatchard, Marinoff, Ponta. They seem to be doing a lot of the work. Like, they're constantly the best players doing, yeah. figuring, figuring a lot. One thing I did like was the spread yesterday, actually, after halftime. Um, there were some girls that, and we, we have talked about this, and the support for, for Ebony and for Hatchie to get better ball and out. So, obviously, Chelsea Randall is still out. But there are some, the, the, the likes of um, Ballard stepped up. Daniel Pont has played some, some good footy over the last few weeks. Stevie Lee Thompson is actually um, in, in really good form as well. Um, her run and carry and her speed through the midfield and uh, to be able to um, deliver the ball inside 50. But I think they all, they all stood up and played some critical moments, I think, across the board in that last half. It took him. It took him a while to actually hit the hit the ball, uh, hit the hit the scoreboard, and I think that was based on St Kilda's pressure. They bought the heat really early. It was seven to two until about ten minutes into the third quarter. So one goal, uh, one goal to two points basically. And um, there was some individual individual brilliance. Brilliance. Daniel Ponta, who you mentioned, mm. intercepted another ball, chopped Last it off. Last couple of games. So she chopped the ball off. Ran in and, and kicked the goal as she uh, does. Kicked another one. And then Ash, uh, Ash Woodland, she stood up in the last quarter. Kicked. She had a couple of shots on goal um, from sort of straight out in front and just couldn't hit, couldn't hit the scoreboard or she's struggling to, uh, to, to find her kick. But then she goes and kicks a checky from the boundary on one side. Incredible. It's a cracking goal. And then on the other side, she kicks a snap, which is almost goal of the year contender as well. Um, under some some serious pressure, and uh, so a little bit of class got them over the line in the end. And uh, that's what I said: uh, the, the ability to find a way to win. They didn't play. Doc Clark came out and said they they didn't play great in the first in the first half. It wasn't their best footy, but they were able to find a way. And I think that's what they want: being able to uh, head into finals. And hopefully, I think they'll be praying. Um, and just the, if they can get Chelsea Randall back this week. Well, they're uh, going to have to be playing their best footy to beat Melbourne and Brisbane, and Randall is a big part of that. Do they, like they're saying that she may be ready uh, this week, do you take the risk on trying to beat Melbourne with her, or do you say, look, we'll roll the dice without her and then chuck her in the next week? What would you do? Well, depends on where she's at. If she's, if she's 60-40 or below that, I wouldn't be risking her. Yeah. If she's if she's sort of 70, 30 upwards, yeah, definitely. I think Chelsea Randall at 70% is better than a, a, a lot of people, like a lot of other players in the competition. And it's more so around the leadership that she brings on the on the field as well, not just her playing ability, because we know, you know, there, there's no one like her. She's the most courageous footballer in the competition. But... I think it's that leadership stuff that she brings. Um, so that's going to be important. And if you can just slot her up forward even, you know, and keep her out of the way and, and manage her minutes, then, yeah, I, I would play her. But it's, it's going to be a big week for the Adelaide Crows. And great finish to the season as well. Not only did Port Adelaide play Essendon today down at Alberton, but North Melbourne play Richmond. And that game, well, the Kangaroos are in the eight at the moment are going to stay there. Richmond at the moment are fifth. 
But if they win, they're going to push Geelong out of the top four, which is a double chance for the yeah. finals. The finals do unfold the same as the men as well. So to come down to the last round to be deciding top four and top eight is just a credit to a great competition. And we look forward to the Port Adelaide team playing finals next year and wish the Crows the best of luck. We'll be talking about them again next week when their finals get underway. Time for us to take a short break here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do this thanks to Nippies, who this morning have provided their great lemon-lime sparkling mineral water and the Paradise Punch as well, which Brett Maher devoured in <laughs> world record time. More Bungie and Bretster after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball. Court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Waveville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Are powering through the Bungie and Bretster Show on this Sunday morning. Thanks for sharing it with us here on 1629 SEN SA. We're powered by Nippies. They do a great job with their sparkling mineral water. The Paradise Punch is keeping Brett Maher going this morning. And Wouldn't mind giving him oh, a Paradise Punch myself. <laughs> the Paradise Punch and the Lemon Lime is, uh, well, that's my favourite anyway. But uh, into the breakdown, final furlong, as I say here. And uh, a couple of things we wanted to discuss. One of those was a sample, making some list concessions for Port and the Adelaide Crows. Port, of course, finished eighth this year with five wins and actually threatened to pull out of the competition, I think, was the message David Koch was sending to the sample because they feel that the, the list... Uh, concessions that they needed weren't there and now they've got some. It's going to be around the players they can recruit just to make them a little stronger. And the trouble is, if they have injury problems at AFL level, it filters down to their sample team. The Crows finished third, 12 and 6. They had no injuries to speak of. They lost to Nord in the prelim. So if they don't have injuries, they're hard to beat. If they do have injuries, then they struggle a little bit. That's they're trying to find the common ground. And I don't mind this. It's going to challenge the rest of the competition to lift their level as well. Yeah, well, basically what it's doing is giving him the opportunity, uh, I guess, to entice players to come. And in a nutshell, SANFL listed players at AFL clubs, they get a, they get a base payment of about two grand, up from $1,000 in 2022. Match payments go from two fifty to three fifty. Um, and I think total base payments around up from uh, from five thousand to ten thousand dollars. Also means that they can um, give a little bit more to their marquee players as well. We've seen that um, the Crows were able to do that and, and poured. And so base payment goes up from fifteen thousand to twenty thousand, and match payments there from from three thousand. Uh, sorry, three hundred to, to five hundred bucks this year. Um, and it's it's yeah I think it's important that they the SNFL review um, and discuss the, because they want to have a fair and equitable competition as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how how that goes. I haven't seen a lot of announcements around those players for in Port Adelaide or, or the Crows. I know Crows delisted players pretty late compared to a lot of other teams. They waited till after the trade period. But we haven't seen um, so Louis Sharrod, for example, he was at uh, the Crows. Like, was he their marquee player? No, 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 he wasn't. But uh, he would, you would think, would come back. Jimmy Rowe, of course, will he go Jimmy back Ray to the Eagles might, yeah. as well? The um, one that looked bad for me was the Glenelg player that they bought Brett in, Turner, Turner, and then delisted. But he's so he's he's at a different level though, because he he was picked up as a as their play, like not as a, in the SNFL. He actually got picked up by the AFL team. So yeah, by um, the AFL. Do the other SNFL teams want them in? Like, yes, they what, do. What's yeah. their thought? They do want them in. They think it's the, competition the competition is better. 
but having for them, having them in, for having them oh, in there, most definitely. And put it this way: they've had nine seasons now in the current format. Neither the Port uh, Port or the Crows have, have actually made the finals yeah. in the same year. Yeah. And neither of them have won the premiership in nine Port, seasons. Port's the only ones. They made a grand final. Made two grandies. Two grand finals, yeah. And uh, Crows have... this year, the prelim final, and, mm. and were going well. But So you would say that they haven't been the dominant force people were expecting, mm. and they're saying that's because we have restrictions, so we're going to ease those restrictions a little to bring them up to make them more competitive. And as, as I say, I think it will lift the standard of the competition because there's clearly they are not dominating the competition. They haven't as yet. Uh, now, we'll see how, where this goes, and um, I think it's good for the competition. As, and as I say, the other clubs, will they love the challenge of playing against professional players. Oh, most definitely. I, I think it, it adds value to the competition as well, having them in there. And it's a great place. It's the, it's the second best competition in the country. Yeah. So it's a great uh, breeding ground for, for AFL players, but also for the development of our local AFL clubs, for their players to play in this competition. Yeah. It's, it's the best place for them. So, um, and, and like I said, like they haven't had great success in there, but they're, they're, they're actually making the competition stronger. Great pathway to the AFL. See it all on Channel 7, of course, as well. <laughs> Can I change tack a bit? I want to speak, speak about Sam Kerr. Yo. She is sensational. She obviously got overlooked in the Ballon d'Or Feminine, but nice. uh, <laughs> but yep. she scored four goals this week, and I saw them. They were spectacular. And her finish is even more spectacular with her little the back cartwheel flip. and backflip. But um, great for her to step up and kick four goals in a Champions League game. And we were talking about this in our meeting and that. The girls do not get anywhere near the respect that they should. Like, if you had a male kick four goals in a Champions League game... Does that you, happen? It would be everywhere. An Australian no, player. You're talking yeah. about Australian player or just, yeah. a, just a male in general? No, not a male in general. An Australian player, yeah. it would be all over the press. Yeah. All over it. And, like, she gets a few mentions here and there, obviously, on this great show. But um, <laughs> I hey, think, she, she's I our, think she's they the, should... She and uh, the Matildas should get a lot more credit. She's our best international player. Easily. Yeah. Um, she's also got a couple of other mates there. Hey, uh, Mary Fowler scored two. And uh, Hayley Rasso scored one for Man City in the FA Cup as well. So... Our girls, our Matildas are doing some great stuff over the... Do we give them um, enough credit? Well, they don't get the credit they deserve no. at all. Imagine no, if that was enough. a man. Imagine if that was a man scoring four in the in the Champions League. I just said that. Is there case. an echo in here? <laughs> <laughs> I snuck it in before you. I shouldn't no, have stepped out of the studio. You just stepped out of the studio. No, but you're right. Like, it's 100% it's, right. Uh, how, why does that happen? And she, they are. They, they're, our, they're our best product in in international football at the moment. Yeah, and they're going to play here girls. next year, of course, the Women's World we Cup. We should be pumping the hell... We're, we're the only ones... We're the only show pumping them up. Yep. Are we? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> hey, in EPL uh, overnight, um, we've had some good results. Uh, Crystal Palace beat Southampton 1-0. Brighton beat Chelsea 4-1. Leeds United with... What I'm considering is a pretty big upset over Liverpool. Yeah. Beat them 2-1. The odds that you could have got on that was $9.50-odd. Wow. In a two-horse race. So, great win there by Leeds United. Wolverhampton had a draw with Brentford and Fulham had a nil-all draw with Everton. So, there's a couple of games uh, going on 
today. Arsenal playing Nottingham, Western Man U. So a couple of good games to look out for. And the Rugby League World Cup continues. Bungie, you know, Aussies are through to the quarterfinals. Too good for Italy, sixty-six to six. It was a big. It was a big win. Um, looking like we'll play Lebanon in the in the quarterfinals or semifinals, whatever comes next. But, quarters, yep. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. And they're still they're still massaging their lineups. They played both halves, so they played Daily Cherry Evans um, in in the, in the halves. You know what? They're still throwing me out the numbers. They've all got these like crazy touring numbers, and they don't have their play, playing numbers. But they're, so they're all like, um, we should smash Lebanon. Cleary, we? Cleary wears like thirty-one. It's ridiculous. Well, let's but hope we so. Sh- we should. Um, it's going to be a big, big uh, tournament. Like coming towards that pointy end, with New Zealand are playing some good footy. Uh, England are also um, heading in that direction too. So it's going to be come down to that sort of three-horse race, you'd think. Yep. We play Lebanon in the quarterfinals, New Zealand in the semifinals as well. So a lot to look forward to in the Rugby League World Cup. A lot to look forward to here on the Bungie and Bretster Show next week as well because that's just about all we've got time for today. We've had a big day of it as well. We talked about the Wallabies winning the Melbourne Cup tips, our baseball chat. We had the 36ers, F1, Jack Doohan, V8 Supercars, MotoGP, T20 World Cup, Netball, A-League. Carl Bitt was our guest, AFLW. A whole lot more. It's Brett Maher, it's Andrew McLeod. We've done it again. Hope you can join us soon here as we look forward to the Bungie and Brexley Show next Sunday here on SENSA 1629. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.